Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is going to, wants to stretch your, your inner, not just your, I'm not talking about your outside person, your, because there's an inside person that you can't see that most of the time we're unaware of. Some people don't even know he exists. But you're, you're not created as, as like the rest of the animal creation. You're created in the image of God. That means you're a spirit being. The only other beings like that that we're aware of are the angel, God, the angels, and us. And we're created like that to, to know God, to love God. And that's, that's the part of you that, that, that was damaged by the fall. Actually, it was, it, was, it was devastated where no longer was able to perceive God. And that's why Jesus said you must be born again. When, when there's an impartation of his life, there's, a, the, be, there's the beginning of an awakening. And you're, there's an awakening of that inner man. You begin to be, become aware of God's kingdom. There's a word in the, in the Bible that was... Um, one of the words on that paper that um, I fell out of my the Bible the other day, it's called enlargement. It's the word merkab in the Hebrew Old Testament. Merkab. Everyone say merkab. And it means uh, enlargement, a large place. John Wesley said it was a place of freedom and comforts. Albert Barnes said it was a place of ample room to move freely. The Lord wants to bring a spiritual expansion to every one of us. Spiritual expansion, expanding, first of all, expanding, enlarging my heart for a greater capacity for God in my life. A greater capacity. Those narrow, we become narrow and there's, we have very limited, limited capacity for God in our life. I mean, the Christians have to, have to open wide, open up the gates and let the King of glory come in and begin to embrace Him. There's a scripture and Isaiah 60 that I want to read that has this word in it, Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 5, where it says, Arise and shine, for your light is come, for the, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And Isaiah is prophesying about the last days and the darkness that would increase as the, as the end came near. As the, you know, the, the, not only do the, does creation anticipate and recognize the coming of the Lord, and the angels anticipate the coming of the Lord, and, and heaven has, a, has an anticipation of things to come as well, and his church has an anticipation of things to come, but the enemy and, our, and the, the, the forces of darkness and the people that are controlled by the forces of darkness, the spirit of antichrist that's unleashed in this world is also aware of things to come and anticipates, this, and as, those, as there's an anticipation of the, of the return of Christ, those forces become more active and more desperate. Is anyone listening to me out there? More active and more desperate. And, and Isaiah said it would be like darkness would cover the earth. In deep darkness, the people. He says, but the Lord will arise over you. He's talking about the Christians, Zion in the last of days. The Lord will rise over you in the midst of this darkness. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, the lost, will come to your lights. 
So this, he's talking about, we're talking about spiritual expansion, about the glory of the Lord, the anointing being on you and being perceived in your life. They may not know what it is, but they perceive a distinct difference. There's a distinct light coming out from your life, even though it's not a physical light, it's a real light that penetrates the darkness that's in this world. Turn it up, turn it up. Turn it up. It'll have an effect on the world that you live in. You'll get resistance, absolutely. Turn it up anyway. The resistance will increase. Turn it up anyway. Sooner or later, they'll turn tail and run for their lives. The darkness will rise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, the lost, will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your spiritual sons and your biological sons, they'll come from afar. They'll come to Christ as yet the light of the glory of the Lord is upon your life. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Here's the verse I want you to focus on. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart will swell with joy. In the, in, in the King James it says, Then thou shalt see and flow together. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Everyone say enlarged. There will be an enlargement in your life. Spiritual enlargements. And you know, the, the, this, is, this is what... Um, Uh, what revival does, the visitation of God. It begins to open our hearts where we can trust again. We get past our fears, our offenses, our sins, our insecurities, and our prejudices. We open our heart wide, and we begin to embrace the King of glory. He begins to flow into us. He begins to fill us with Himself. He begins to satisfy us beyond our expectation. In... in, um, there's an interesting um, note in, in my Ellicott commentary in ver- about verse number five. It says, the throb of awe. He's talking about we shall, we shall see and become radiant. One translation talks about an awe that comes when we begin to see the glory of the Lord. The throb of awe is followed by the, ex- by the expansion of ecstatic joy. The throb of awe is followed by the expansion of ecstatic joy. So Ellicott was connecting the, the expansion to joy from the Lord. You know, when, when um, part of this visitation that happened in my life, personal, just, to, you know, I'm just going to testify for a minute, my personal testimony of what, what happens. God visited me in a very unusual way, unprecedented for me. Something, I, something of God that I had, had not experienced. And it was, it was dealing with my pride. I'd been pastoring a very successful church at that point for 16 years. And, and to be honest with you, I'd been teaching all over the world about church growth, hanging out with famous preachers. And I thought I knew stuff. And then, then I begin to, this, I, get, I get pinned to the floor by the Holy Spirit and begin to realize that I knew very, 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 very little about this infinite God. That he was much bigger than I'd ever dared to believe. And I knew a whole lot less than I ever thought that I knew about him and about his greatness. And as, as I begin to just open up this, I've been to open my heart up. If the flood, the flood came into my life. 
And this flood was, was more about me, about me, Frank Bailey, personally as a Christian man, than about my ministry. It wasn't about my church. It wasn't about my ministry. It wasn't about any of those other things. It was about me and my love for God and his love for me. And it began to, it's like a, a little hole pried open and the light flooded in. And he began to just open me up. Begin to open my hearts. He began to open my capacity. Open my capacity. Wow. You mean I can really, I can really, that faith is not a blind faith, that faith actually sees the things of God. Faith perceives as real the things of God. It's not a blind hope so, but it's a perception of the reality of God. As I opened up, God came flooding, flooding in and he became more real to me than anything else. He became more real to me than my hands or my feet or my mouth or, or my church. God became right here, right here all around me. I begin to, to, to feel his presence and sense his presence. And one of the, the profound things that happened to me personally is that I was filled with ecstatic, unspeakable, exuberant joy. I begin to laugh and laugh and laugh. Woo! And laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And as I laughed, there was like expansion. There was an expansion taking place. Wow. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above with wisdom. Stone power and love, our God is an awesome God. Just simple things, songs like that would just absolutely blow me away. Just sing a song like that and be, be ruined for hours. Just because, why, 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 would, why would that, because, because suddenly I became aware of his awesomeness. I became, this is not just a song that we sing, he really is. His awesomeness is beyond anything I've ever known. And it became real to me. And I was, woo, shaken to my core. Expansion. Expansion. The Lord wants to take you out of your narrow spiritual place that you've camped out in and just pry the door open and flood in with himself. Where you can, where you actually believe things like our God is an awesome God. And he actually is awesome to you. And you become aware of his, woo, his Shabbat Maso, his glory, his glory all around you. The glory of the Lord's. Now this, this word goes on. This is a powerful word. Isaiah 54. Look over to Isaiah 54. This is, um, you know, this goes into really the two greatest commandments. They all, they ask the, always trying to trap Jesus. You know, come to find out Jesus is absolutely untrappable. He, he, he was untrappable as a man. He's really untrappable in his, in his glorified state. But they always tried to trap him, and they tried to trap him with what is the greatest commandments or, you know, crazy questions. And, and he'd say, well, the, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. He said the second really is the same thing, to love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, it's... It, to the to unregenerate mind makes no sense. Let me show you what he was talking about. Isaiah 54, verse 1 and 2 says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. This is, again, this was, of course, this was a song of prophecy written 
years later, but it was a song of prophecy over Sarah, and Sarah being a type of the barren church, and singing over us, and over his, over his daughters, and over the church of Jesus Christ, over his last day church. Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. And he's sing, talking about singing a song of joy as if you've already had your, your children when you're still in a state of barrenness. It's, it's a, faith, a faith, a, a faith thing that happens by the Holy Ghost. He says, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And here's the word enlarge. Everyone say enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now just as, as the Lord was speaking to us out of Isaiah 60 about enlargement of our heart for a greater capacity of God, he's saying the same thing in Isaiah 54. An enlargement, enlarging our tents is another way of saying enlarging our, our, our hearts to embrace people that we would never embrace before to love unlovely people, to enlarge our hearts that we're going to have spiritual, that we're going to have spiritual children, that there's going to be an expansion in our hearts. Now this is, this is the same, the open heart that begins to pry open and drink is the same heart that begins to open up and, and prophesy and the, this, this drinking in begins to flood out in love to the unlovely, to the hurting people that are around us. It's what Jesus meant when he prophesied. He stood in the, tab in the temple and he began to cry out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and drink and drink, he said. And out of his innermost being, out of his heart, will begin to flow out rivers of living water. Jesus was prophesying about the baptism in the Holy Ghost and the drinking that would ensue from that and the outflow of the love of God that would go out and flow over the hurting, desperate people in the world. Enlarge your tents. Enlarge your capacity for God. Enlarge your capacity by the Holy Ghost to love people. You know, there's a um, couple things I want to say about this. First of all, you know, we all recognize that um, racial injustice is a bad thing. And um, our world is filled with it. The reason our world is filled with racial injustice is because our hearts are desperately wicked. And the natural man really wants to love people that act like them, that come from the same social structure as them, the same ethnic structure as them. And, and that's why people gravitate now, don't shout me down or don't throw anything at me, but that's why white people go to white churches and black people go to black churches and brown people go to brown churches and yellow people go to yellow churches. The reason is because they have, we have, we, want, we don't want to face it, but there's racial prejudice, prejudice in every cell of our human body, in every one of us. It's in us. It's who we, it's, we were born with that problem because we're, 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 we're flawed, we're lost. We need Christ in us. But the hope, spiritual enlargement. The, you know, if you go, you go back and look historically, one of the great, great miracles, one of the great miracles and one of the great signs of the beginning of the Pentecostal outpouring of the 20th century that we're drinking from 
One of the great signs was how it all started. Oh, I'm, I'm getting Holy Ghost goosebumps all over me as I just think about it right now. How it all started. It all started. It all started in, a, in an ex-stable in Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California with a, the, the son of a slave, a one-eyed African-American man from St. Mary's Parish had a, was having prayer meetings in Los Angeles, California, and his little prayer meeting was almost, I think at the beginning it was 100% African-American. It was black congregation until the Holy Ghost came, until the Holy Ghost came and there was an enlargement of their hearts. A huge enlargement. And people literally over the next 18 18 months, 1906, 1906, people came from all over the world by the thousands. They came by boat. They came by carriage. They came by horseback. 1906, they came by train. They came by any way possible by the thousands. And it was a huge interracial revival that birthed the Pentecostal denominations that are today touching our world with the power of God. Enlarge your hearts. When you have spiritual enlargement, you begin to embrace hurting people, people that don't look like you, people that don't dress like you, people that don't think like you, people that don't smell like you. You begin to embrace other people. Oh God, oh God, give us. Lord, help us to love the Lord our God with all our heart and help us to love one another. Lord, it's impossible. We know it's impossible without your enlargement in our life. Enlarge our hearts. Help us to stretch our tents. You know, the, this miracle of, of revival was connected to this whole thing about the Lord's call upon Victory Fellowship. When we moved to from, we moved from a white middle-class neighborhood on West Napoleon in Transcontinental to Airline Highway. One of the reasons we moved here was the very purpose that, that God had called us to, to touch the community, and it, didn't, it needed to look like New Orleans looked. Thanks for your appreciation for that. So, and, and, and what happened? What happened is when we, when we moved over here, the Lord began to deal with, you know, we were in that, I was in that place. I was calling out to the Lord, money, money, help me, God. I'm in, I can't pay for this building. They're going to come throw me in jail. They're going to take my stuff. They're going to take my house. My house was on the line. Everything I owned was on the line. It was all signed. I was, I was a dead duck, finished. If they had debtor's prison, I would have been in it. I would have still been, I was done. And God began to speak to us. In the midst of that, as I called out to him, God, instead of sending a millionaire to write a check, the Lord came and he was laughing his head off. He was laughing as I was calling out to God. And he said, I want you, I want you to start a, a free food festival for the pro- broken in this city. Free. Lord, I need money. Do a free food festival. Lord, I need money. He saw we didn't need money. We needed our hearts to be expanded. That's all we needed. We needed a touch from God. And he, and, and so you, if, you, if you go look at 1994, July of 1994, you, there's a big banner in the foyer out there. There's a, a painting in my office, and it's a picture. It's a prophetic picture of what happened in July of 1994. 
It's we were celebrating Feed the Multitudes at City Park. And it has pictures of angels flying in with, with watermelons. These were Holy Ghost spiked watermelons filled with the new wine of the Holy Ghost. And God began to change our hearts. He began to change us to embrace Him and to embrace one another, to reach out to the homeless, to reach out to the people in the hospitals, to reach out to people that didn't look like us, for the poor to reach out to the rich and the rich to reach out to the poor and to go to all, every one of us begin to get out of our little social classes and begin to love people that were different from us, to reach out to people on the streets and and to have ministries for, for hurting people and broken people. So enlargement, spiritual, spiritual enlargement. I'm not going to get through this message because I, I don't want to mess. I'm sure people will get mad at me if I... But anyway, we're gonna, I'm going to just get a couple more thoughts. And then we'll take communion. I want, I want to look at another scripture, 1 Samuel 2.1. This is powerful. Enlargement, spiritual enlargement. And Hannah, it says, and Hannah prayed. This was Hannah was... She was crying out to the Lord. You know, she was, she was a barren woman. And, and for, for a, a woman in the, in the Jewish world... It was, you know, it was, it was a, a shame for her. She was like worthless to her husband. She didn't have a child. That's what she existed for in her mind. She was desperate. She needed a, she needed a miracle. Her womb was barren and, and she called out to the Lord. She called out to the Lord in her distress. And the Lord heard her cry and, didn't, and gave her a child, but didn't give her just any ordinary average child. Gave her one of the greatest men of God that's ever lived. Her son was Samuel. It was incredible. He was, the, he was the forerunner of all that happened under David. He was, he was the, the anointed prophet. And in this, in this verse, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, Hannah prayed. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and my horn is exalted in the Lord. This was, and then she said, my mouth, my mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. You know something? God wants to give you a huge mouth, a big mouth. I mean, a big mouth. You ever notice that God creates people, singers, that they have unusually big mouths? You ever notice that? It's a joke. It's not, and it's not a very good one. <laughs> but there's... This, this, this is describing... What Hannah's describing is God enlarged her capacity to worship, enlarged her mouth, enlarged her, her worshiping capacity for, for her to be able to, to worship and worship and worship this God who is deserving, deserving of, of all of our worship. Paris always talks about this, this vision that she had. It was in a, a transition time in, a, in our church. The, you know, it, was the, it was the ramification, the ramifications of revival, the dominoes and the, the effects began to last for several years. And we had a, an outflow of, of our ministers and our worship and our all. It's just like we had a, a house cleaning as, as God began to change the emphasis of our church. And the first day of that new change, it was in the late 90s sometime. I don't remember the date. It was in the late 90s, and we were, we had, we were in our whole, uh, stepping into a whole new season, a new worship team, new worship, everything was new, brand new. And we were starting, it was like we were starting again, again. And Paris had a vision, she had a vision of the, of the church and the arch and the face of God with a big smile with his huge mouth. His mouth was enlarged over our church. And he was, he was saying, will you allow me to sing the new song, 
the song, the song of the Lord. Will you allow me to sing the new song in this church? You know, we get stuck on the same old song. And that's what brings you into narrow places. You get stuck doing the same thing, saying the same thing, getting into the same rhythms, getting into the same routines, and you get stuck. And before you know it, you, you get drier and drier and drier and drier and drier until if you were to look back and see the changes that have happened over a number of years, you don't even resemble the person that you used to be because of lack of spiritual enlargement. So the Lord is, he, wa- he wants to pry his way in, open your heart for a greater capacity for him, a greater capacity to love hurting people, and a greater capacity to worship God, to worship him, and to, 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 to minister in his holy name. I want to give you one last, last scripture, and then we're going to take communion. This is, um, this is for Exodus 34, 24. And uh, this, I was thinking about this, this is real, this is for everyone, but this really is specifically for people in business, businessmen and businesswomen. He says, I will cast out the nations before you and I will enlarge your borders. Everyone say enlarge your borders. I will enlarge your borders. Neither will any man covet your land when you go, when you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times in the year. So there will be an enlargement over your borders and um, uh, the Lord wants to do greater he wants to do greater things in you. He wants to do greater things through you. But most, most of all, this spiritual enlargement, you can't, you can't do the greater things until you're, 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 you have to, it first starts with a, with a greater capacity for God. And then, it, then you begin to, a greater capacity to love people, like stretching out your, 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 your tent pegs and begin to minister to people. He widens your mouth to worship and you begin to see from, from this new places, seated in heavenly places, you begin to see yourself from a different perspective. You begin to see why you are, who you are from a different perspective. You see that, well, God has given me a knack. He's given me a knack for, for whatever it is, for, for business. If you're a business person, a businessman, a businesswoman, he's given me a knack. I understand business principles and, and I know how to make money. And all of this changes when you're placed in a, in a, in a different perspective, seated together in heavenly places with an expanded heart for worship and an expanded heart to, to, look, to look at people, look at the needs of the people. You begin to see yourself as as a man or a woman of influence. Listen to me, a man or woman of influence for the glory of God, for the advancing of his kingdom. So 10,000 years from now, when we're rejoicing before the throne of God, casting our crowns before the Lord, you'll be laughing and laughing and laughing, saying, thank you, Lord, you allowed me to build that incredible company for the glory of God, and I've spent, I put millions of dollars into the work of God. You know, recently I saw on Facebook this company, it's called Hobby Lobby. They've been, they're, they're challenging this new um, healthcare situation. It's a, it's a Christian company. This guy, this guy is a real, a real Christian. You know, he, he, it's, it's, you know, one of the thing, one of the reasons I know is because when we were built Broad Street, the Broad Street Church down there, when we were built, he, this, this particular company put $75,000 into that kitchen down there. They've, they've literally, they put millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars every year into world evangelism out of Hobby Lobby. I mean, he's a real, the tongue-talking kind of Christian. 
a Pentecostal Christian, full gospel, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking kinds of Christians. And they're all about advancing the kingdom of God. God, you know, it's not a coincidence that God took this little company that he had and went... He was looking for a way to, to fund missionaries in India and missionaries in China and missionaries in Africa and in the a, a kitchen and after Katrina and Broad, Broad Street. And he's just going, <laughs> it doesn't take much for the one seated on the right hand of God. It doesn't take much. It just takes the right perspective. Our God is an awesome God. And if expanded heart, you see God. Expanded heart, you see hurting people. You see the, you see the people with AIDS and you want to pour your, the oil of love upon them. You see the single mom that needs to be loved. You see the person that's, that's with, lost their marriage and you want to minister life and hope into them. You see the person losing their house. You want to bless them. You see the, the sick person. You see the alcoholic person. You see the, the prostitute. You see whoever it is and you want to pour the love of God because your heart's been expanded. Our God is an awesome awesome God. And, and he begins to give you a, a heart of worship and he began to show you who you are and why you are for the glory of God. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.